pain is in the building. <laughs> I'm with Marley G, bro, flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows And I wanna tell you something that you probably should know This that Slumdog Millionaire Bollywood flowing up Recognize that my voice, real Mark? friends never hear it from me Fake yeah. friends write the wrong answers on the mirror We got Drake on there And we got Lil Wayne We walk the same path I like this song. It kind of bugged me a little bit that um, they use it for the TV show Ballers. Okay. Because I feel like it waters it down a little bit. I feel like the reason you picked this song for the podcast today was because we gave you a hard time about not knowing what the best rap songs were when we did that list on the air. Yeah. Well, that list was garbage, by the way. And I'm pretty sure you said this was your favorite song. It's all... In my top ten, I don't really have a okay. top like an actual order to my top ten, but oh, yeah? I love this song. I like Lil Wayne a lot. Is this like your in your top ten rap songs or your top ten songs of all time? Top ten rap songs. I'd but lo- I do I'd like love this song. To go through that with you. My top ten rap songs. Yeah. I don't really have it though. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying like this would probably be in the top ten oh, if I was okay. thinking about it. Okay. You know, I like Lil Wayne's collaborations with uh, Eminem as well. Always find that's a nice oh. pairing between the two. If I hear uh, Lil Wayne, a Millie, come on, I can't, I can't turn the station, no matter what station it's a on. A Millie. Let me see if I can you find know this it. Song? <laughs> come on, of course I do. It's right here, I got it. It's on my top 10 list. <laughs> this is my kind of rap song. Well, you like... I like deep, heavy bass. And you know, slower wait. jams. Yeah. A millionaire, I'm a young money millionaire, tougher than Nigerian What was the song that they uh, said was the greatest rap song of all time? They it was ridiculous because juicy. they were all super old songs and they were all influential in their time. But mm. when you add up all the songs there are in the world, I bet you uh, the like five, all top five that we went through are barely getting They were played. like Grandmaster Flash was on yeah. there. It was a lot of founding fathers of rap. But uh, the the number one song they said of all time was "Juicy" by Biggie, mm-hmm. and that one's still getting played quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, and I apparently am the only person who had never really like I I wouldn't have been able to tell you the name of that song. Just and I think it's mostly because I only got into hip hop and uh, rap or whatever you know in the last ten years. Uh-huh. I didn't grow up with it. You got a lot of music to go through then. I know I like those documentaries that play on HBO every now and then. They have uh, like these series where they look at the origins of rap music. And totally. It's kind of cool just to get a brief history of all that. Just like it's cool to get a brief history of any music genre. Like, 
you know, when I first started working for an oldies radio station when I was in Regina. You were working for an oldies radio station? Well, there were two stations in the building. There was um, CJME, Regina's Best Oldies, and then I was on like Z99, Today's Best Music. I was working back and forth, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know any of the oldies songs. No. But then I was, um, they gave me some stuff to watch, some material to go through. Okay. Learning about, you know, why all these artists are so significant. Ah, cool. You know, how, like the evolution of rock and roll, essentially. Yeah. Through artists like Elvis Presley and the Beatles and, you know, British Invasion stuff. So that was interesting. When I started working in radio, I was working at a classic rock station, as you know, because that's when we, our careers crossed paths many years ago. Yeah, I love this story. I know which one you're going to tell. Oh my God, I used to screw up. I was like 20 and I was working at a classic rock station. I used to screw up the names all the time. Of Here's songs. Bruce Cockburn. And if a tree falls in the forest or whatever no, the hell song like, he had. Um, I remember there's a song called Inagata Devita. And yeah. it was like one word, Inagata Devita. And I remember seeing that going like, uh, what? what is this? Inagata Devita, baby. I know that song. And then there's another. Oh, there's the Jimi Hendrix song. Voodoo Chili. Which I call Voodoo Chili. It's actually pronounced. Voodoo Child. Yeah. But I it's spelt like Voodoo Chili. Yeah. Okay? What's yeah. a girl to to do? That's around the time that they switched me to the top forty station. <laughs> Gotta get this girl off the station. <laughs> Blowing her credibility. Yeah. Classic yeah. rock fans. Oh. I, I worked at a classic rock station as well. Um and I found that classic rock fans are the absolute like I don't want to say worse, but like if you if you mess something up, oh, yeah. If, oh, yeah. if you like a song like Strawberry Fields by the Beatles, I knew I don't know how many ops in the in the building that when that song was playing, there's a there's a part of the song where it fades down yeah. and then it fades back up. Yeah. I don't know how many ops like cut the song. Cut there. the song there. And yeah. you Thinking just get over. phone calls and text messages. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Helter Skelter from the Beatles does that as well. It fades out about forty five seconds before the song actually ends and then it fades back in. <laughs> Learn that one the hard way. They <laughs> <laughs> will call you. I remember after the voodoo uh, chili incident. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I decided uh, that I would answer every single phone call. Yeah. And I took I, that would have been great radio if I put all that on the air because I just got, it would have been great. I you just know got that? beat to shreds. Oh, I mean, the phones kept ringing for like 45 minutes after. Tell your DJ that she's a dumbass. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's me. That's you yeah, talking to her. A lot of people think it's like a talk radio station where you're going to call in and you're going to get some call screener. When you call us when we work on an FM radio station, we're all in the room. Yeah. We can all hear the call. Even if it's not one of us answering, it's Bundus, you yeah. know. And We can hear you. We can hear. So We can hear. There's the- no like, oh, tell the person on the radio he's an asshole. It's like, well, you've just told me. I'm the person. <laughs> on the radio (laughs) it's funny how much it softens when they're like oh you can hear me oh you're the person on the radio oh Oh, i mean all i mean to say is that uh, you know you really should do your homework (laughs) yeah well i told you that time when i um accidentally did a sports trivia question and i was like where's wayne gretzky from and instead of saying brantford i said brampton And it was just, it kind of came out wrong. Sure. Oh, my God. Same thing as uh, classic rock fans. Sports nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, yeah. just need to drive it home. Same thing. Probably had 100 calls after that. Mm-hmm. You dummy. Well, because I was doing a contest with someone, and I told them they got it wrong. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, I think, 
I don't think they said Brantford. They said something else. And, and I said, like, no, Brampton, idiot. Yeah. I get Brampton and Brantford. And no, sure. Brantford, Bradford. Bradford and Brantford. See, forget it. I get yeah. those two mixed up all the time. If it's I'm confusing. doing traffic and I got like a collision in Bradford, I'm screwed. It shouldn't be allowed to have two cities that are <laughs> or towns named so closely, uh, yes. you know, after using the similar letters. You're right. Or you, how about this? What? Speaking of the worst, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, which if you hear our show on Wednesday, sometimes we do the worst Wednesdays. The worst is um, Whitby and Pickering mm-hmm. both have a Brock. There's Brock oh, Road yeah. and Brock Street. Yeah. One yeah. of them, now it's changed since they've reconfigured, like added the new highway to the 407, but it used to be you'd have to be on Brock, and I always get it mixed up, road to get up to the 407, yes. the one that's in Pickering. Yes. Anyway, I got off the one that was in Whitby or whatever before, and it was a whole nightmare. And I just remember swearing, like, why would you have two of the same I name so close to each other? Yeah. They're literally, what, 10 minutes down from each other You're on the right. 401? You're right. It's crazy. It is crazy. You know, it's like, get off at Dundas Ave versus Dundas Street. Like, why you'd yeah. never do that. No. Or have Whitby next to Whit Blue or, you know, like Whit mm, yeah. Blay. <laughs> Whit Blay or Whit B. Stupid. <gasps> now, welcome to another podcast. Uh, we do t- usually two a week, and we always have the Take Two podcast, which is uh, where we just have like a compilation of all the stuff we did uh, from the week on the radio that we put out there, and then we do um, we try and do like just a new content version, yeah, uh, which is what we're doing right now, and we try and get one out every week, but uh, sometimes we miss one for whatever reason. There's things that come up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what exactly you want to do this morning. I could play you an audio clip here from Kelly Clarkson. She's oh. got a new talk show. What do you think the chances of this lasting are? You know, I've interviewed Kelly and she is lovely mm-hmm. and uh, I She has th- lots to say always, has, yeah, right? Yeah, she she's never a boring interview, so I think she's going to be good at this job. You think, eh? Yeah. I, I wonder if people thought the same thing about Ellen, because I'm, I'm a little more skeptical of Kelly Clarkson's ability to like captivate an audience for an hour every day. She's funny. Didn't she start off with a few big, like Guests on her show, though, too? Well, she, she was supposed to have Chris um, uh, Chris Hart? No. Kevin uh, Hart. Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. And then he got in that car accident, so The Rock ended up stepping in for her, uh, him. Which I, is I just, pretty nice. I just noticed that a, a lot of the audio that's being sent our way in some of our prep services, it's just her singing on the show. Really? Like they're, yeah. It, it's as though it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe you can sing. Because that's her real skill set. So this is Kelly Clarkson covering Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball on her show. I came in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. I mean, she can really sing, but I find that weird. Like, if singing came up in a natural way in a yeah. conversation and she just started belting out, that would be cool. But the fact that she has a band and she's doing, like, a mini concert, what's uh, yeah. that so, seems okay. weird. And she's doing it a lot. Here's Kelly Clarkson covering The weekend. I Can't Feel My Face. <laughs> It's almost like she's doing a variety show, but she's the only guest. Uh, I feel like I'm at a wedding, and it's like a wedding band up on stage, and mm. you'd rather hear the CD version of the song, you know? Yeah. I can't 
I mean, she's so talented. I just find it a little bit annoying when you have people that are really good at one thing and they just assume they'll be really good at another thing. And I guess with daytime talk shows, they do that a lot with celebrities. I know Harry Connick Jr. had one for a bit. I can't imagine that show's still on. I never hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellen was definitely uh, a r- rising star in that format. Mm. Who would have seen that coming, maybe, you know? Oh, she's Although, so good. Yeah, she she's the new Oprah. You know, everyone was yeah. wondering who was going to be the new queen of daytime talk, or king for that matter. Sure. And uh, she's definitely risen, risen up to that. Uh, level you know who i the jury is out on lily singh oh yeah i haven't seen her show um she can do some funny bits on her show because that's sort of what she did on youtube she's a canadian youtube star Mm -hmm. from you know the greater toronto area and she got this job she comes on i think it's called a little later with lily singh so there's the tonight show then you got seth myers and then it's her show Mm -hmm. and what i find a little bit annoying is it's just um I'm I'm getting tired of seeing people hired for jobs that they have no skills to do. And it's all based on something else they've done in their life. So you're saying based on her YouTube content, this is totally a stretch for her? Well, look, um, for the bits, and I haven't watched a lot of her show, but maybe there's tons of bits. She's really good at the bit part. But right. then the whole talking with people and having to do the other 85% of the show, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's really her wheelhouse, oh. per se. Because I watched parts of it a few times trying to see if you know if it's any good. And it reminds me of an infomercial where you have somebody playing the role of a talk show host. And, you know, it just is a, it's got that shtick. Sticky insincerity, or you know, they're working too hard to do it. Well, you give her a chance, man. I will, <laughs> uh, but uh, you, know, you know how people are rusty when they first get going. Took me many, many, many years before I felt like I figured out more yeah. morning radio. But you know, you had uh, worked in radio a long time before you had a chance to do morning radio, and before you got a regular shift on the radio, you were doing overnights. You were working yes, your way up. Yes. And so here's somebody who's a YouTube star. Let's give her her own show on a major network in the U.S. right away. Yeah, that's a Feel lot. Like it's a lot to yeah. take in, and I'm starting to see that in radio a lot, where people are hired for all the things that they're good at off the air. Yes, yes. It's a trend. Yeah, it is you know, a you trend. see people. It's like, oh, well, they look like the demo Uh you know this is a radio station that's trying to cater to 30 year olds well they're just under 30 Mm -hmm. and they have uh, great instagram videos and they uh, have a large instagram audience Uh, blah 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 they must be good on the radio let's put them on and then it's a disaster it's funny how important instagram followers are these days even my acting agent Mm -hmm. said like you now when they have uh, casting notifications that go out to agencies across the GTA, they will literally sometimes say, we only want people who have over 10,000 followers to come out for this one. Yeah. Because they want influencers who are promoting whatever the show is on social media as well. Okay, well, I get what you're saying, but if the product ends up being bad, then it's not, it's a lose-lose Then lose it's forever. a lose-lose. Yeah. If the person gets on camera and they suck. Well, because like with, well, with <laughs> Lily L- L- Singh, for example, right? It, for some reason, the Rotten Tomato score by the critics is giving it 100% the show. But 
wow. the audience score is at 49, and on IMDb, the score is at 3.3 out of 10. So there's a massive disconnect from, mm-hmm. from what obviously suits or critics or whatever are looking for versus what the audience is actually looking for. Mm. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it, television hosting is a hard thing to get good at until you're doing it, oh, right? Oh, for sure. So... Um, radio might be a little different. I'm just, I guess I get a little bitter because I had to work my way up and then I see other people just slide into these jobs because they, you know, shot a quirky Instagram video and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And you know what I loved is when, um, is when they hired to replace David Letterman Mm -hmm. because they went with experience over, um, like the somebody's image. Okay. And it, this is all part of the evolution of reality TV. And, you know, you don't need to be a skilled uh, broadcaster in order to be a great broadcaster. And that may be true some of the time. Mm-hmm. But they hired Stephen Colbert mm-hmm. to replace Letterman, a guy who's like already 50 ish. Right. 50 something. Yeah. They didn't, you know, you, you would think looking at the trends in television and radio and stuff, they would hire somebody who's young. Mm-hmm. They have a great Instagram following and they'll mm-hmm. figure out the job after. He was a guy who was on the daily show. He had his own, ta- uh, you know, like character driven TV show with a Colbert rapport. Mm-hmm. And he's super hyper intelligent and funny and smart. And he went in that job and now he's number one. Right. And I love that because he's definitely not the person. You know, when I was working at uh, the other radio station we were at. Yeah. Our boss, when we first got there, just after I was hired, they hired our new boss. Yeah. She would have never hired me for that job. You told her that to her face. Well, because, you know, I, I didn't fit. Check all those boxes, which is everything else outside of being on the air. Right. Like the hair box. The hair box. I'm not single. I'm not on Tinder. Right. I'm not doing all these things that are yeah. relatable to our audience. But yeah. it's like, it doesn't mean I can't talk about them. Uh-huh. This seems to be a trend in the entertainment business that it's not about how good you are at the job you're going to be doing. It's everything else. And I find that annoying. So I feel like that's a little bit the case with Kelly Clarkson. She's this great performer on stage, but now she's doing a talk show and it's feels a little weak. Well, it doesn't feel like she's doing a talk show. It feels like she's doing a concert, Tucker. <laughs> yeah. feels a little bit like Canadian Idol or American Idol, I should say, with yeah. her playing these cover songs. Yeah. And then she has to do all the interviewing and stuff, but... You know, maybe she'll learn enough. And uh, Conan O'Brien was not amazing when he first started hosting late night television because he was a writer before he was ever a performer. Right. And uh, he got good at it. So, Man, it's a tough gig. I've done live TV before. It is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Somebody like counts you down. Three, two, one. Then they throw it to you. And you're like, you know, there's a certain adrenaline behind it. Um and you get kind of addicted to that high. But if you screw up, it's gone. Like, you can't get it back. You can't redo it. Yeah. Well, I want to see Lily Singh do really well. Because she's Canadian and, um, you know, they and could use a, a female host there. Yes. But then, I, you know, I also think of, like, there's a lot other stronger females that I think could have got that job. You know, a Sarah Silverman or a like Whitney Cummings or a Tina Fey. But, you know, they may not have even wanted the job. So true. who knows? True, true. It's like the late, 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 later show. <laughs> That comes on at, I, she must come on at one thirty in the morning it, or something. Do you think it's live? No, no, no. Okay. It's yeah, it's say. all recorded. And to be honest, all late night television these days, nobody's even watching it live. You ask, you know, Fallon or Kimmel or any of those guys, and they say it's all about the bits that end up on YouTube and uh, getting the views there. Well, there you go. That's why they hired Lily Singh. I guess if so, you're right. it's all about the bits that end up on YouTube, why do you think they hired her? Yeah, but yeah, that's a really good point. But yeah. then you actually go to watch the show and inside when you're not doing the bit, 
it's a struggle. But yeah. I guess if they don't care about that, yeah. maybe it doesn't matter. And maybe it buys her a bit of time to get stronger at that interviewing part if it's really about yeah. the YouTube bits, right? Yeah. They must know what they're doing, those suits. Yeah. Because I'm starting to sound like a grumpy old guy. You sound a bit... Should I get In out my the day, you had to be good at the job to get it. You had to move to Regina. I had to live in hell. <laughs> Saskatchewan was a hell. Woo. Yeah, you wouldn't go back, eh? Nice people. Oh, my God. It's the last place I would go. Really? In Canada? Uh, that or Manitoba would suck. But I think I'd rather be in Manitoba because they have um, you're close to Lake of the Woods and Kenora yes. and Lake Winnipeg. And I like to sail and stuff. But Saskatchewan, there is water there, but ain't a whole lot else. Mm. That is a boring province. There's an amazing oldies station, apparently. Yeah, it's not anymore. <laughs> Turned into a news talk when I was there. Oh. I was the last morning guy on that oldies station. Oh, really? They had to change the whole format after you left. Well, no, they fired the guy, and then they're like, hey, why don't you sit there and do it for two weeks before we flip to a news talk? Oh, okay. So I had to do it. You know who did it was the morning guy there? Who? Is the guy who does the weather for CTV News, Tom Brown. Oh, cool. Downtown Tom Brown. Wow. He's always out of breath. He is. He needs to take He's, a breath. I goes always, a mile a minute. <laughs> when I'm watching his weather, I'm like, <gasps> it's okay. <laughs> We got a little extra time. He's on. He's under the gun to get it, squeeze it all in. Live TV. You yeah. got forty-five seconds to get it all in. I think he's great at it, though. I think he, he does is. a good job. Uh, what did you want to talk about in this podcast, uh, Mara? You know what blew me away? I w- I've been reading all morning about this huge sex trafficking ring that was just taken down in Ontario, and I know it's a bit dark. But, like, these are things I only hear about in the movies. And to think that it's actually happening, it, it, like, the kingpin of this sex trafficking ring mm-hmm. was in Toronto when they arrested him. This happens all the time in, uh, in our country. I, I and, you guess know, so. In my experience in, um, you know, reading about these stories like you're talking about, is that people's perception of what sex trafficking is versus uh, what it actually is mm-hmm. are two different things. Everyone just assumes that these are people who wanted to come to Canada. Maybe they came across in a container hidden or something. Right, right, They're right. Russian or Eastern European. Yeah. They end up here and then they're, you know, used as, you know, prostitutes and stuff in order to pay their fare. Right. Because all of a sudden the price went up when they got here. and right. And don't get me wrong. That happens, uh-huh. but it also happens to people who are from Canada who yes. live here. It could be someone who uh, runs away from home, and uh, all of a sudden they meet up with a guy who's like really helping her out, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they start doing drugs together, and it's all like they basically lure you in, mm-hmm. and then before you know it, you owe the guy a bit of money, and now in order to pay him back... He's going to start bringing you to the strip joint Mm -hmm. to start working for your money that way. And oh, by the way, also, you're going to have to prostitute yourself because now you owe us $2,000 for the drugs that you've been taking with me. And then you're stuck in this uh, world of like doing drugs and owing people money. And they they hold you hostage, essentially, because of that. That you have this debt to pay off. And you have no one in your... You've left home. You're not... You know, you've left home for a reason because maybe you're being abused there or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're stuck in this... This world and no one's there to rescue you and it, it's scary to think that someone who's born in Hamilton or Toronto could end up could in this. Could get wrapped up in yeah. it. I don't know what the circumstance was but the victims were from Quebec. They were all women from Quebec, about 33 of them. 
and uh, they had moved them to Ontario mm-hmm. and west across Canada. So they would slowly move you to places across the country. Yeah, and you'd be stuck in this, you know, either apartment or terrible hotel yes. room with like other women who were in the same boat. Yeah, they'd shuffle you around because there were so many people who were part of the the trafficking organization that had little stations all across the country, but these were Canadian people, Canadian, you know, kingpins and Canadian uh, women. Police say that there were two extremely terrified women who called police. They had tried to escape before and failed and were like violently beaten Mm -hmm. and assaulted. They told police these guys were holding roughly 30 women hostage. They were using violence to keep them there. Um, And based on that phone call, they were able to start this investigation a year ago and caught basically the kingpin organizer of this sex trafficking ring. But the thing that freaks me out is like, I saw a photo of him getting in the back of a cruiser. Yeah. And um, he did not look like a pimp. (laughs) Wasn't wearing a fur coat. You know, like the pimp costume you get at Halloween? That surprises you? I mean, not looking like a pimp at all. When I went to university, I lived in a building that was owned by the Hells Angels. And the uh, they used to have, um, I went to a place called Bishop's University. And in Lennoxville, Quebec, they had a clubhouse there. Yeah. I think it's now gone or shut down or something. But it was a legit Hells Angels compound. It had bulletproof glass in the building. It had electrified fences out front. Wow. Anyway, our landlord would tell us stories about the guys who, you know, he would have to interact with because he was working for them. They have a lot of legitimate businesses because they have to be able to launder their money that uh-huh. they get through drug sales and stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, he would say, you know, a lot of these guys don't look anything like what you would imagine. You know, really? they're not always riding around on their motorcycles wearing their cuts with their patch on the back. Sometimes they're wearing suits. You know, they have to play the role of business people and they are business people. They're just in a business that has a lot of corruption and... Uh, crime yeah so yeah they never quite look it's it's never like you'd imagine it is in the movies no, right I very know. rarely anyway i know so it's amazing that they 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 got this struggling i'll tell you you know when i hear these stories it makes me think that we really should legalize prostitution because there are women and men who are totally okay with making money in that industry yeah you know if they get treated fairly and if it's safe and um, the fact that prostitution isn't legal is what allows all this other criminal activity to exist. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it would ever eliminate it completely because it would be, you know, we're seeing it now with legalized weed. You think that one of the reasons why they did it was to put the drug dealers out of commission. Mm-hmm. While they've done such a bad job with it, the drug dealers are still operating. Right. I'm sure there's fewer of them, but it's still happening. Well, maybe they'll get better, right? You know, because get better at it'd be it. Not, you know, like, don't you think if you wanted to sell your body to make money, you were comfortable with it, it didn't bother you? Yeah. Don't you think you should have a right to do that? Sure. If you wanted to, it's your body. You can make that decision. The problem is, is that in a lot of cases with the sex industry, is there's a lot of people who are being forced into it, and it's not their decision, and right. they're not comfortable doing it, yes. and they end up. It's essentially it's a form of rape. So, are they afraid to come forward because what they're doing is illegal? Is that it? Like, well, what do you mean the people that are being sex trafficked? Yeah. No, I think they're just being held hostage, and they really don't see a way out because, mm-hmm. as you said, that you know people were getting beaten if they try and escape. Yes. 
and they're not given access to necessarily phones or whatever. You and know? police say, by the way, if you're ever in a situation where you're around somebody like this and they're not act, they're acting like it's okay and that you know, they're happy to be there, that it usually isn't the case, and they're told to put a front up like that. Sure. And, uh, you know, they have the fear of of the retribution. Yes. But also, so, some of these people, and it's not just women, it's sometimes men, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they're addicted to drugs now because they're trying to cope with all the terrible things that are going on in yeah. their life. Oh my so it ends up being this, like, terrible hole they're in that they just can't, imagine climbing out of yes because you know they, they get the drugs through the people that are holding them hostage and and now you owe the money scary and, yeah it's terrible what a great topic for our podcast guys you're welcome <laughs> i saw an article about a serial killer <sighs> i did see a segment I... on 60 minutes about this serial killer that they've um, who's in jail in the united states and they figure he is the worst yes. one in the history of the country i read an article about this one. They figure he's killed possibly around 90 people. Isn't and he, he got away with it forever. Isn't he in like his 70s or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he's an old uh, man and uh, and now he's starting to talk. Oh, really? There was this one guy, this one police officer, I, th- I think like a Texas Ranger, and he ended up having a conversation with the guy and found a way to get him to talk. And now he's been super cooperative to the point where, and this guy's memory of the crimes is insane. Really? Yeah. So these serial killers are killing people and they're taking, you know, snapshots with their mind because that's how they, you know, they live off that. It's almost, and they have their trophies and stuff like that. In some cases, it's mental trophies. This guy was giving details about crimes that happened decades ago that were spot on, which is how they were able to figure out that he was telling the truth about the people he had killed. He was providing information on all these cold cases that were never solved. And so in that, they've linked him positively to so many more murders than he was initially charged with when he was caught the first time. Jeez. So what kind of mental trophies does this guy have? Well, he just, he has a photographic memory of the crime scenes and the things that he did to these people and stuff that only the killer would know. You know what I mean? And so he's providing this information to this Texas Ranger who ended up having multiple interviews with him because he was just like this floodgate of information. It got to the point where this guy, the serial killer, was painting pictures of the victims and they were able to identify the victims from the paintings he was doing. And in some cases, it would just be someone he followed from a bar and murdered. You know what I mean? Like, think about interactions you had a month ago with somebody that didn't lead to murder. Just somebody on the street. But, you know, trying to draw a picture of them. And this guy had the image just crystal clear in his brain. So after watching that episode, is do you think that there is a way that you could have deterred this guy from choosing you as a victim? Or if he was killing oh. you, is there a way that you could have, like, did he get pleasure in you being in pain? So yeah, you, all of that. All so the terrible if, things you have nightmares about If he you was act into. like you're not in pain, is that going oh. to make him stop? They didn't really get into that. I have no idea. Like, there's some sort of thing. You know, thing. fight back, don't fight back. Right. Uh, you know, try and make them feel... Well, there was a story we covered the other day where somebody was able to convince the killer you know to feel bad for them and they were able to get away like even in uh silence of the lambs like once the woman who was in the well started telling him about herself yeah he he was getting angry about it handle it yeah. I just wish there was a tactic you could use. I don't think there's a tactic to deal with, you know, one that works for sure. Right. Sometimes it probably works to fight back. Other times, maybe not. 
I mean, every the one thing they always seem to do in these movies is uh, when you see someone kidnapped or abducted, is that they try and get the parents or the family members on television, hoping that the kidnapper or abductor will see it, oh, yeah. and then feel like some remorse, some remorse, and uh, you see the humanity in the person. They're yeah. not an object. They're not like a yes a tool for sexual gratification. It's a daughter. It's a brother. Right. It's a, you know what I mean? Right. Can we talk about something else? This is so dark. Speaking of 60 Minutes, I can't believe you don't watch that show. Hey, I, you uh, sent an email to me last night about how much you love the show. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. You are, eh? But I can't find it. <laughs> Sunday night, 7 p.m. Okay, so I'll PBR C-H-C-H. C-H-C-H. Or CBS. I mean, the Canadian... Uh... I tried to like uh, find it on demand, not available. I'm like, oh, is really? it on Netflix maybe? No. Okay, I'll try to. I'll uh, I'll uh, set the PVR. It's such a great show if you want to try and figure or learn a little bit about something. Sounds a bit like an old man show, but I'll give it, it a chance. It totally comes across as an old man show, but you start watching an episode of sixty minutes and uh, chant it. I very rarely would I ever want to fast forward. They're so good at what they do. Really? Well, even understanding like what's going on in the U.S. with the impeachment and yep. what the different sides are saying. Yeah, I would and, love you know, to get caught up on that. Yeah, or like uh, there's all kinds of protesting going on in Hong Kong. Do you have any idea why? No. Like you see the clips on the news and so, you know, you're trying to get a better understanding of that. They give you like a full idea of what's going on I and why they're acting out. I need to understand that because I hear the Raptors at the first like home opening game, everyone's getting a t-shirt that says, you know, the Toronto Raptors stand with Hong Kong. Well, there was an NBA uh, official, somebody in the NBA who tweeted something that was pro-China. Okay. So Hong Kong is sort of, uh, it's in the, under the control of China, but it's always had a level of independence. Okay. They were able to act. And, they, and so the people that live there want it to be a full democracy. Okay. And China wants to be able to pull back on the freedoms that they've had for so long. And uh, so now the people are protesting, and then it's getting one of those things where the cops are beating up the protesters. So the protesters are now using violence against the police and the armies. And um, That's very interesting. I shot... Um, a couple of episodes of um, an HGTV show t- well, 10 years ago in Beijing. And I remember being there and my boyfriend at the time came with me and the production staff was like, you know, you guys should wear wedding bands because you sh- you need to be married to be sharing a hotel room. Oh, really? Yeah, in Beijing. Although... Well, no one seemed the, to care. That's China, right? But they were like, you really should wear wedding bands, guys. So that that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I also learned about great white sharks. Okay. What about <laughs> great white sharks? I'm, I'm There's a lot more so of much. them on the East Coast of the U.S. and Canada. Oh, yeah? Like around Halifax, Nova Scotia. Is that why there's more shark attacks that we're hearing about? There's, uh, well, there certainly was like the first death since the 30s in Cape Cod as a result of the great uh, white sharks. And you want to know why there's more of them? Pollution? No, because there's more seals in the area because they are a protected animal and because seal populations have been increasing around Cape Cod and that part of eastern United States. The, the uh, fish are coming in to eat. Right. Well, that's the good because sharks, are... sharks were like borderline extinct for well, a while, great weren't they? Whites, great whites were seen, there were fewer and far between in that area, and now they're repopulating. But it, what I also learned from that episode of 60 Minutes oh, here we is go. that nobody's ever seen a great white shark mate. Isn't that crazy? They have no, no one's no. ever witnessed them you know, mating or giving crazy? birth, I don't think. 
what would be crazy is witnessing a great white shark having sex with another guy. I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> are you seeing this? That shark's penis is huge. <laughs> I don't even know how they mate. I'm just, I was just about to Google that. Well, how does yeah. a whale mate? Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it's like uh, thrusting. I'm sure it's more of an injection scenario. Yeah, but there must be some rod that goes in to do the injection. I, yeah, there's so many animals. I have no idea how they mate. Is it a laying of an egg situation, and then another shark comes along and fertilizes the egg? Uh, sharks, no. Because they give sh- birth. They have it in the belly. They got it inside, so they got to get the semen oh. in, in there. Ba- is- based on <laughs> observations of other shark species, researchers believe male white sharks must first bite their mates near their heads. Oh. A little factionary. Uh, oh, uh, uh, I don't mind that. They're very, and they're, they don't <laughs> hang around in pods. They're very autonomous. They uh. sort of move around on their own okay and then they insert their claspers claspers I, I shark clasper ow is yeah. that a clasper <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you get a little jolt eh <laughs> it sounds like you get a little jolt let me look at a clasper oh yeah there it is <laughs> is it similar to the male uh, penis it actually um when it's totally up underneath the underside it almost looks like a vagina because it's got there's sort of two of them, and they're they're held up underneath, so, so they look it looks like the opening of a of a vagina, but I guess they kind of are able to extend them. So is a shark mating with another shark belly to belly, I or guess is it back to more of like a through the shark's mouth? <laughs> <laughs> the female shark has. To <laughs> Can a marine biologist uh, please join us on our next podcast? No, I would imagine that the the private parts go into the private parts. No, I know, but I mean, do you go belly to belly, or does one have to go on the other's back? Hmm. I'm looking at pictures, and I can't <laughs> find a what? definite answer. Now that I'm thinking about it, I do remember being at the Toronto Aquarium and seeing shark eggs. Oh, yeah? So do after they're inseminated, <laughs> do they release the eggs oh. and then they hatch? Or do they hatch Re- inside the like uterus or whatever it is it would be in the shark uh-huh. and then swim out? It's crazy, man. Oh, my God. There's so much. They didn't cover that in the 60 yeah. Minutes episode. Yeah, you clearly learned nothing. Yeah, but all I'm telling <laughs> you now, I mean, I, I feel like I learned a lot from 16 minutes of a piece. Mm-hmm. A lot? You should be watching it. Well, enough. It kind of sounded like I knew what I was talking about for a while there, really? and now it all just fell Can to pieces. Can we talk more about the pimp costume? No. <laughs> <laughs> Long fur coat, cane? Yeah. Huh. Um, did you know that Toronto was hit by a hurricane? My kids tried to tell me this story. I guess they were learning about it in school or something. I'm like, there's never been a hurricane in Toronto. Like, maybe the after effects Isn't of a hurricane. A southern thing. Yeah, you got to be kind of near a coast, exactly. you think. But it was uh, 65 years ago, I think even this week. It's the 65th anniversary mm-hmm. of a hurricane that hit Toronto where a bunch of people died. In fact, it was originally a Category 4 storm that affected South Carolina, but it was still registering as a Category 1 hurricane when it slammed into Toronto back 65 years ago. It was called Hurricane Hazel, and um, 80 people were killed. Really? They thought 
they didn't really have the kind of forecast that we have today, and they were expecting some rain, but what they ended up getting was 200 millimeters of rain really quickly, and it flooded the Humber River as well as the uh, Don River, Mm -hmm. and people used to live down by the Humber River. Really? In a van. Down by the river. No, in you know, they had homes and stuff. Oh wow. And so people and homes and vehicles were washed away and people drowned. Oh uh, there gosh. was thousands of families, four thousand families were displaced as a result of this. Oh man. And it's um so they eventually changed the whole rules about where you could live around these rivers and because of this hurricane. So That's I guess they learned a lot from it. I find like when I'm driving on Bayview and the Bayview extension by the DVP. When you're down in the valley? And when you're near Evergreen Brickworks. I'm like, why don't more people live down here? It's beautiful. Yeah. Why? Because it's a protected area that you're not allowed to live in. They, you know, and people whose homes were fine, they ended up like knocking them down and displacing them. As a result of that, huh. I just hate when I'm wrong. When my kids are like, "There was a hurricane in Toronto," I'm like, "There's never been a hurricane. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no way. We're inland." Right? They're like, but there was. And then I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh, you're I, right." I can't wait for your kids to prove you wrong over and over again. You know? Well, my uh, they will. They will for sure. I'll tell you something. When you have a 13 year old, they are right about everything, no matter what. The truth is. Really? That must oh, be yeah. so annoying. Yeah. Well, I just even remember something as stupid as uh, my daughter was trying to tell me that weed became legal on October 21st. I'm like, no, it was October 17th. <laughs> we covered it a lot at work. <laughs> no, it was the 21st. <laughs> we had to do the whole, well, look it up. Oh, you know, man. Thing. She sounds exactly like you. A little carbon <laughs> copy of you. Uh, Two Tuckers. Wow. Wait till your daughter's older. I can't wait. I love that I know the direction you're headed in because I have two daughters uh-huh. and I love like seeing you go through the different steps that I've already been through. Is it reminiscent? Like, do you f- have fond memories when I tell you about like yesterday we were in the distillery district, I was picking her up from daycare and she pretty much jumped in every single muddy puddle that existed on my way home from the daycare and was soaked from the waist down. Yeah, th- my difference is I wouldn't be as fun as you in that scenario. Oh, I'd wouldn't. probably stop her. Unless we were, uh, you're right next door, so I guess it's not a big deal. Yeah, I was just like, do it. And all the tourists If they're having fun, it. yeah, that wouldn't really bother me, I guess. But if we had to get in my car and go somewhere, I yeah. would have never allowed that to happen <laughs> because then there'd be, you know. Mud Mud everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Well, I guess that's going to do it for us, Mora. Yeah. Bundes, fun times. As always, if you're listening to the end of this, thank you. I don't know. I don't know if it was a really good one today. I feel like it was sort of dark and all over the place. Yeah, well, it happens sometimes when there's dark stuff in the news, right? And I was also like feeling as though I was talking about stuff I didn't really know about. I'm not really an expert on shark mating. You know a little bit about a lot of stuff, A little bit, yeah. And that's all thanks to 60 Minutes. Yeah. Anyway, thank you. Ah. And we'll see you again. Do it big and let the small fall under that. Damn, where you stumbled at? From where they make gumbo at? Hey, got the fucking beat jumping like a jumping jack. You know me.